Welcome to season two of Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. I'm Sarah, and I'm a certified sex coach and educator, and I help people like you overcome shame, explore your sexuality, and communicate more meaningfully about sex. Now, if you want more tips and insights for getting better in bed, sign up for my free audio guide called How to Get Better in Bed by going to my website, sarahsense.com forward slash audio guide, and you'll get access to three of my best strategies for gaining confidence and creativity in the bedroom. I also wanted to share a little secret with you. (laughs) When you review Better in Bed on Apple Podcasts, It really helps other people find us better in search. And I also have an orgasm. Ah, yes. (laughs) So if you want to hear more sounds like that from me, you know what to do. On a serious note, a review is a really wonderful way to show your support for this podcast so that I can keep creating sex positive content for you for free. Another great way to support us is to check out our sponsor, especially because we're talking about consent and boundaries today. Keep listening. You guys know I'm a big fan of talking about your desires and fantasies, right? I mean, it's hot AF when you're hooking up. And it's also kind of an essential skill in any modern relationship. And you want to have fun exploring but you also want to do it respectfully and with consent. So I recently discovered a hookup app that lets you openly share your desires and fantasies without any shame or judgment. It's called Pure App. It's the safest place for casual dating and virtual sex because its privacy features allow you to be totally anonymous. One of my favorite features is how the app doesn't allow you to save any correspondence to your phone, and any photos you send self-destruct after they're seen. It even notifies you when someone takes a screenshot. This way, you know for sure that what happens in Pure stays in Pure, unless you consensually decide to take things further. So if you're interested in finding someone like-minded to share your fantasies or just engage in some no-strings-attached sexy chat, this app will help you cut straight to the chase. Go download it now at sarahsense.com forward slash pure. That's my website, sarahsense.com forward slash P-U-R-E. So today's topic, which is around sexual consent, is a really important one. It's something that has been debated and discussed at length in wider culture, primarily because of the Me Too movement. And I just read in the newspaper today that students at Singapore's three main universities will soon be taking courses to educate them on this. I'm recording from Singapore today, so let me kick off the episode by introducing my co-host, Prescott. Say hi. Hi. How are you doing, Sarah? (laughs) So glad you're here. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Singapore. Uh, We missed you. Yeah. We weep when yeah, you're not yeah, here. Yeah, I missed Singapore as well. Why aren't you here? Small More doses. Than. Small doses. 
So Prescott, you are an improv actor and instructor. Yes. And you're essentially my go-to co-host every time I'm in Singapore. Ah, that just gave me an orgasm. Oh, yay. Good. Orgasms for everyone. So what you might not know, listeners, is that Prescott also facilitates consent workshops, which I can't wait to find out more about. And incidentally, how I initially met Prescott was that we were sitting on the same panel at a sexual wellness festival in Singapore called Sparkfest, and we were both talking about consent. Indeed. Yes, and it's been friends ever since. That's right. Yeah. You start with a consent panel. <laughs> the world's your oyster from Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So joining us also today, consensually, I may add, is yeah. Jessica. Hello. <laughs> Yay. She is originally a Korean-American from New York, but living in Singapore now. And she's a wonderful sex-positive friend who I've invited on the show because she has lots of opinions on the topic of consent. And opinions in general. <laughs> and opinions in general. We, yeah, lots of time to go into that on the podcast. Yeah, I wish we were recording from the time <laughs> she stepped out of the cab all the way up the elevator. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just been she's a, like a comedy a, show yeah, in a, a <laughs> tiny little package. It's cute. I very, do what I can, cute. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> so Prescott, I've actually never attended a consent workshop and but curious to know None. what is a consent workshop. Sure. What do you people do in consent workshop? Who are the workshops aimed at? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't think there are a lot of consent workshops. Okay. There, there are a number of them, but I think mostly what people have access to is consent seminars and talks and things about consent, which is one of the reasons I wanted to come up with one. Mm -hmm. um, I know other people do them. Some people do them very well. Because in my opinion, a lot about consent and boundaries comes from practice and habit and thinking about it more than just learning information. Okay, right. So that's a very interactive process. And that's why a workshop environment works better. For me, for some part of it, I at one point, when I first designed this workshop, I made the conscious choice to be honest with myself about what it was helpful for and what it was not helpful for. Okay. And around the same time, I was reading this wonderful, horrible book <laughs> called Missoula that everybody should read. It is about, there was a very high profile set of sexual assault and rape allegations at a university right. in the U.S. Uh -huh. And they happened kind of one after another, and it had something to do with the football team. And so there was a, a lot of, and this is basically a historical book about it. And he goes very well into a lot of the studies around how the criminal justice system in the U.S. deals with rape allegations, uh -huh. essentially. And this prompted me, essentially, if you read about what the rape allegations are like, it all kind of happens very similarly, which is heartbreaking, mm -hmm. which is there's this horrible, frequently violent rape. Mm -hmm. Then there's the decision whether to report it or not. Yeah. And then there, in this case, in all of these, there was a reporting of it mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of it, an entire system of making the victim's life horrible after that for a number of Yay, reasons. Yay, U.S. justice system. It's Legal terrible. system, It is rather. really terrible. Yeah. And then he cites a lot of statistics, including, there's plenty of statistics that people like to cite about how many women have been assaulted, how many women have been harassed, yeah. et cetera. And he looked at some, at least in some part of the book, about... Um, men about there's several studies not that many but a few studies about how many men have sexually assaulted 
And uh-huh. those percentages were very heartbreaking to me. Oh. And there, I should have looked them up about this, but it's like way too many. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and they ask the question in a way so that they never use those words, right? Uh-huh. They're like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? And they figure that out. And so what I decided in my workshop is I can't help the, there's this category of multiple abusers, right? People who yeah. basically abuse for fun yeah, and yeah, intentionally and yeah, do it all the time. And yeah. nothing I have in my workshop can help those people. Okay. And certainly not those victims, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And it can't help the people on the other end of the spectrum of like people who are, let's say, partnered and have just wonderful communication and relationship and great sex. Like my workshop is not helping those people either. Okay. It's really only in the middle. The right. people who feel like there is more to learn, the people who feel like communication is based in all the shame we've all been taught, it really only addresses that middle ground, which is a, a large population. But I have to be very honest with myself about that's all I'm doing. I am not helping this huge mm-hmm. percentage of sexual assault and consent violations right. from people who don't want to be helped. Mm-hmm. So there is my, it is a bit of a downer yeah. to begin your podcast. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> no, but I think that's yeah. the biggest population is that in between, yeah. and they may not realize, and that's yeah. the people sure. where all it takes is that yeah. reconsideration of all of your actions. Do you know there's a lot of women who don't actually realize exactly. that they have been sexually assaulted as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. all those questions that you ask yeah. around it, and then after that, they realize, oh, wait, actually, that was sexual assault because they wouldn't have thought about it at the time, sure. you know, because a lot of it also happens within committed relationships and sure. things like that. And they're like, no, my, I mean, my boyfriend, he's my boyfriend. Like, he wouldn't consider, you wouldn't consider that. But when you actually look at all of the indicators, yeah. it is sexual assault. Right. The whole idea of assumed consent yeah. between, mm-hmm. you know, partners. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what is consent. I mean, at its very basic definition, it's the active agreement between people to engage in sexual activity. And that includes anything from kissing, touching, sexual intercourse itself. Agree? Yeah. But also, I guess this was going back to my curiosity about mm-hmm. consent workshops is how that fits into the sexual harassment seminars that companies have like Mm. obviously I think most people kind of see it as one group but I clearly think consent is a totally different topic but in some ways there are some shared I guess topics regarding what's appropriate and what people are asking for Mm -hmm. you know in terms of reading the room so I mean just coming back to that very basic definition of consent I feel like with the whole Me Too movement and everything and everything that I've been reading like my definition of consent It probably started out there, but then it kind of evolved towards something that is much more around not just sort of clear legal definition, like a yes, no kind of thing, but more a yes having to be this sort of very enthusiastic, affirmative, clear yes. Ideally. And informed, yes, ideally, and not a refusal to say no. So I feel like that was probably like one of the biggest shifts that I made in terms of understanding consent. Because I think normally, like my first impression of what consent was, was just like, okay, you know, you're at school and you're primary school. It's like, parents, sign your consent form to go on this field trip, you know? <laughs> like, so I would be like, here, consent form. Like, and that's what yeah. I... That just in- grossed out consent <laughs> in a sexual way for me. Like, mommy, can you please go on this field trip with this guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's my idea of consent. Like, I didn't really have a whole 
definition of it that was like, I think the fuller definition. So I'd like to ask you guys, what does consent mean to you and has your definition of it evolved? Oh, it has for me, definitely. Because I used to rebel against the word consent, especially. I didn't like it because it felt transactional. It felt like it was a thing that men wanted and women had to comply with. It didn't feel like a wonderful thing. It didn't feel like a co-creating process of something wonderful that both people wanted to do together and explore. So I didn't like the word for a while. And then I've accepted it just because there's a common understanding of the word now. Yeah, You've my, consented to I've it? Consented You've to consented to the word consent? Yeah. Okay. I, I wrote a permission slip for myself. <laughs> okay. How it's about, empowering when you can sign it yourself. Yeah. yeah. There no. we go. How about you, Jessica? How about your definition? I also struggle with the word because it seems so passive to me, as if it were something that is presented to you, some situation, and you either have to take it or leave it, as opposed to, I think, someone's sex life and what you do with someone else should be, right, something you do together, mm-hmm. or just maybe a state of being, in yeah. a way, and it's oh, not yeah. a one-time thing, yeah. it's not like, oh, in this moment, is this okay and oh yeah you know this idea of consent being ongoing that's also another recent evolution of my thinking around consent because i also thought permission slip you sign it one time that's it right now we know that consent is an ongoing thing you know person who wants tea on monday doesn't necessarily want tea on wednesday yeah reversible the reversibility of consent the ongoing yeah and i'm actually referring by the way the tea video yeah have you seen the tea video so for listeners who don't know this is a very popular youtube video that is done by the british police force i don't know who did it anyway it's oh, all I'm about like cool and no thing oh yeah. really it's on youtube <laughs> and just therefore tea. it must be cool yeah. uh, <laughs> all tea videos are yeah. about consent <laughs> and they basically phrase the whole principles of consent in a very easy to understand manner around whether you're asking somebody if they want to have tea it's actually oh. called tea and consent on YouTube. I have seen that. Do you remember? So it, it, you, instead of initiating sex, you just imagine that you're making them a cup of tea. So That's right. The idea is like, you know, you, you have these different situations. Does somebody want a cup of tea when they are sleeping? Or they <laughs> want a cup of tea when they're unconscious, hurt, or whatever, you know? Right. And so you imagine the same thing with like initiating sex. Right? <laughs> I mean, again, and if they want uh, yeah. tea on Monday you have to ask them if they want tea on Wednesday because right. it's not necessary that they will want to have tea on Monday and Wednesday. So I don't share that video. You I think, don't? No. Yeah, I'm I think not the video so... is fine. It yeah. feels reduction. I yeah. haven't looked at it in a while. It felt reductionist to me. Mm-hmm. And when I went to figure out who my consent workshops were for, I mm-hmm. made that pendulum. That video is for people who don't understand the even very basics of right. any kind of consent <laughs> With anybody at all. Yeah. And it goes from like ground zero to point five. Uh-huh. You got to start it, somewhere, I guess. I, yeah, but who are those people? Who is that oh, for? Oh, I know them. Yeah. Sadly. I think you yeah. are very generous in thinking that a lot of people know this stuff. Mm-hmm. So here's my thought. Truly. Like, I, I hear you. Truly. I, yeah. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's the population of people who don't know this stuff and are entitled enough that they will never know this stuff, and that video is not going to help them. Mm -hmm. There is a mm -hmm. population of people who know a little bit about that stuff but need to understand the more habits around it, the more like that kind of slightly more complicated things around it. Like, okay, great. I understand that I need to ask first and there's lots of different ways, right. but like, I don't feel like enough people are confused about these basic topics and that it will help them. And this is the focus of some huge percent of all consent discussion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's my problem with it. Not right. That that it lacks nuance it. in it some ways. It lacks nuance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I'm going to put pretend math to it, if I feel like 80% of consent discussion needs to happen about like stuff we're talking about in this podcast, mm -hmm. but 80% is based around this T video and mm -hmm. that's five to 10% of what's needed. I mean, I actually think it's for an even smaller audience in that there are instances where people don't realize that in a long-term committed relationship that you can still be assaulted sure. mm -hmm. because you, yeah, know, you still have to give consent exactly yeah. yeah there's the idea of implied consent and i thought that video was oddly perfect for that just yeah. because someone married you has your children doesn't mean you, they you still know you have access to them yep. at any point yeah sure but i do yeah. like that yeah that was good as well like what I like about it is that it is so reductionist because mm -hmm. the thing is when people think about sex, sometimes there's so many messages that we get culturally, socially that color the way we respond to things. And when you reduce it down to, does this person want to have a cup of tea, i.e. sex? And by making it so reductionist, it yeah. actually simplifies a lot of that messaging. How much tea do you guys drink? <laughs> Look, I think last words on the tea video before we move on to the rest of the podcast, as fascinating as it is, is that I think what we're trying to say about consent is that it's a principle, not necessarily a hard and fast right. reductionist rule book. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. And it should have fundamentals to it, but it should also include things like intuition, empathy, sensitivity, yeah. respect. Right, things that take a lot of work for the other two person people. Yeah. Sure. that comes through communication. Did you write the tea video? <laughs> you, you should... What are some of the prevailing cultural beliefs that affect the way we think about consent and sexual communication? So I believe quite strongly that there is a difference between coming from an Asian cultural context and the, maybe like the pressure or the messaging that comes from that versus somebody from coming from a Western cultural context. But I'm going to let you guys answer first before I barge in with like <laughs> my opinions. I guess the thing is seeing what consent was in America, it was more, yeah, like the boys chasing the girls mm -hmm. and it, you have to either accept or decline. Whereas, as a woman, you as have woman. to accept the decline. Yeah. Right. But you had the choice. The well, men had to be the pursuers. They had to do chasing. Right, because they yeah. always wanted something. Yeah, they always wanted something. <laughs> but weirdly, yeah. in an Asian-American perspective, Asians are seen as more submissive mm -hmm. in that they want to please. And so they'll just say yes, just to please you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But still always has to be kind of taken from you. Any sort of like sexuality. So did you grow up saying yes to boys just trying to please them? No, I was weirdly 
paralyzed by it all. So mm. I just avoided everything. Oh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so now it's time for my opinions. <laughs> so now let's see what we really supposed to think. Exactly. <laughs> I say that. Right. But look, I found it. I really struggled with yeah. consent growing up. I think okay. I'm better at it now, but I'm still not great because I find it incredibly hard to say a hard no. So oh, yeah. I say everything else. I will try to find every other way to say no except for no. That sounds very strange, but I think growing up in an Asian society, family here in Singapore, really what is promoted is the idea of social harmony. You know, I did hear someone say, and this was gender neutral and more about business and how life works here is in Singapore, they don't say no, they just ask for more money. (laughs) See, I should have. I'd be rich you know? by now. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done that. That's how you yeah. done it. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah. Well, I still find even, saying even no now, you, yeah. incredibly difficult and socially awkward and just disruptive to everything that I've been brought up to think. Is it just the word, or what about if you had a no adjacent word? Like, is it no, a, thank you. Like, is yeah. slightly more polite mm. than hard no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to me, I'll do it later. Mm-hmm. I'll think about it. You know, I'll find some other excuse to do it. And that's the way that I would say no. And then I would kind of expect the other person, especially if they were Asian, to, to kind get of it. To get to it. To understand. To understand this. I've already told that's, you I will do it later. I mean, and <laughs> the Japanese yeah. people, you have to ask someone at least three times for something because mm-hmm. to accept something on the first try is very rude like you have to you know if someone's Mm -hmm. like oh you have to come over for dinner be like oh no 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 like that's Mm. too generous for you Mm -hmm. no you really have to come over to oh no no no. yeah and then like no you really and on the third time they will accept because it's socially yeah you don't say no three times interesting yeah that's not good lessening so there's a lot of blurring of yes and no is it different singlish like kenla yeah, well, maybe, maybe, but like firm saying no, saying, saying no or not, yeah, the well, cannot, yeah. is it different? We should do the rest of this podcast only in Singlish. We should do it. But you really don't like the rejection. I really don't think that would be a good idea, but we can try. Yeah? Yeah, but I wouldn't be able to do it. You are totally right. You didn't want to do that, but you did not say the word no. No. Oh, you, no. No, 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 You were no, unable no. to say no. You, no, you, yeah. yeah. Okay. You just it's demonstrated. It's hard for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a thing that I address in my workshops, specifically this thing, what it's like to say no, what it's like yeah. to hear no, what it's like to hear other people rejecting you and the celebration of that and mm-hmm. then the discussion of what that feels like. Okay. So tell me more. Yeah. What do you want to try it? You just want to do it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, oh, I can say no, that. I, I can say to. that. <laughs> I don't want to try. That's okay. Sarah and I will do it. <laughs> okay. So how would you guys, you've played Simon Says? Yeah. As a child? As a, right. <laughs> I mean, no, I, like, I never I, did. I like, yes, you did. <laughs> I like to... Uh, she's getting this game like she's got it. Yeah. I'm yeah. so winning, you guys. Yeah. No. <laughs> So what I would do is I play Prescott Says and I, mm-hmm. I tell people to do things and then I make sure at least one person says no thank you. And okay. then when they do that, what we do is that's not the important piece. It's an important piece. But the important piece is the rest of us all overly celebrate 
that no thank you. We just fully celebrate this and just see what it feels like and then we discuss it. So we can do that a few times. Here, let's just do it. So, okay. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody take a drink of your tea. Prescott says take a drink of your tea. No. I don't no, want thank to. you. All right. Well, well done for both of you. You both did it. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So that's great. Okay, now okay, so we uh, celebrate ourselves too. Oh my god! Yay. I said no. Great. Okay, we did so it. Let's, let's do another one. Okay. Uh, everybody, uh, smile as big as you can. Prescott says, "Smile as big okay. as you can." No, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I can smile that. Okay, big. well, well done to both of you. Again. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Well done. Okay. I want to do at least one where one person does it. So okay, <laughs> so that, that you can get the feeling of the celebration. Okay. okay. So everybody adjust your mic angle. Prescott says adjust your mic angle to be a better angle. Awesome. Oh my God, you, did that was great. you did it. You did it. You did it. You, you said did like, it. we understood the note. Yeah. You got it to us. We we got it. Yeah. Well yeah. done. That was awesome. Good. Yeah. Thank you. I, thank you. <laughs> All right. So, so then we go into pairs. Okay. And then the pairs do it. So you have to say different things and then uh, Okay. So I, I have you say three things to the other person and one at least one has to be rejected. Okay. But the rule remains that you have to overly celebrate that. In right. pairs. So maybe okay. you guys can do that. So okay. you can play Jessica says and Sarah says. Okay. Who wants to go? Okay. Sarah says, lick your lips. No. All right. Well, Yay. That was very direct. You that got that was, right out. Yeah, that yeah. was good. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. I love it when you say no. Yeah. I and love it when you say no. for not you taking it personally. I love it. <laughs> well done for you as well. Yeah, thank good job. You. Good job with that. Hugs all around. Um, okay. Sarah says, put a finger in the air. Okay, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's a cute little finger. Yes, but yeah, not because okay. you asked. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay, so now we can have a discussion about okay. what it felt like to be rejected and what it felt like to do the rejecting. So what, when she said no to mm-hmm. the licking lips, what did that feel like for you? Especially knowing we were about to celebrate it. Just was taken aback for a while. Mm-hmm. But then having you there mm-hmm. and you celebrating it, then I was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember I'm supposed to celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to remember because it is not. Yeah. Like, we don't have that in muscle memory. We, yeah. We don't have that in habit. So yeah. we have to do it a number of times. But you know how, because I feel like I live in a culture where hard no's are not really that common. Okay. So right. I feel like whenever somebody just says no like that mm-hmm. and is quite clear and mm-hmm. firm, I have a bit of a like a oh how rude, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <laughs> or, or so direct. It's like, like and then yeah. I'm kind of taken aback by it because yeah. I'm like just like oh, what a rude person, like what. A rude. And yeah. I think I thought about that for a second. Then you were like, oh, that's amazing, yay! And then I was like, yay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the exercise is not about being able to unlearn all of this. The exercise right. is all about just mindfully understanding in ourselves what that is. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a good understanding of like oh yeah. Culturally, this is what it is. So it felt a little rude to me to second. And then then there was the release. Yeah. And usually what people find is they have this perception that the instant they reject, other people will be mad about it. But when they, in fact, reject somebody or when someone rejects their thing, they can be mindful about it and they realize, oh, no, I was very glad that she didn't lick her lips if she didn't want to. I was very happy that she mm-hmm. told me what she was going to do yeah. or what she wasn't going to do. 
I'm glad to she told both. me what she wanted to do yeah. as well. Like, because when she raised her finger in the yeah. air, she's like, "Oh no, I kind of want to do that." <laughs> like, yeah. And what had happened was because she had said no before, it made me trust her more yeah. when she said the yes, right? Because right. then I was like, "Yeah, no, she really wants to do that." So yeah, totally. it gave me more certainty and trust in you. Right. So if we're all oh. having sex, you know that she doesn't much maybe doesn't much want to lick her lips and maybe yeah. wants to put her finger in her ear and you have all that information. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you kind of, I needed the no in order to trust the yes, mm. which yeah. I think is like a really important oh, learning. Nice. Yeah. Because yeah. then I would have in the back of my head, oh yeah, I know she'll say no, she doesn't want to do it. Right. right. No, and I think that's why, you know, when it comes to all of these things, in the beginning of maybe any sexual relationship or interaction, it does kind of come down to testing those boundaries. Is this okay? Is that okay? Mm. Whereas eventually, hopefully, you'll get to a place where you there is no yes or no. You already know something yeah. about mm. someone. Like my partner and I, again, we have a safe word and I've never had to use it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because yeah. he already knows yeah. my boundaries and yeah. then it goes a little too far without my ever having to say it. Although sometimes so when think, you're going, yeah. when you're trying something new though, let's mm -hmm. say like not the, I don't know, not the usual thing, then maybe you would use that with caution. You would try with caution. You would ask more around that. Would you do that? What do you mean? So if you're trying something new sexually yeah. that, that maybe he doesn't know whether you would be a yes or a no to, would he still ask you in that case? Again, I think he can read who I am. Right. Even if it's something totally new. Mm -hmm. And he also knows that if I were not interested in it, it wouldn't you would be happening. No. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't yeah. just be going along. Yeah. So yep. again, it's yep. like it's all these things yep. you have to know about each other and yep. everything. So I feel like I wish this whole world yeah. could all just be a little more accepting of that kind of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Here, here. Yeah. Yeah. But as I said, I think this idea that no consent is, it's not just a couple of words. It's a conversation, it's an ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. of it, of course, the gold standard is always verbal communication. But I feel like if you do know each other really well and you can really read each other's cues very well, then you can rely a little bit more mm. on sure. nonverbal. But it's, of course, always good to have verbal communication well, as well and consent too yeah well like you said if you trust that someone will say no and they're mm -hmm. not just going to go along with it it's a yeah. lot easier to do a lot of nonverbals and yeah i think it's more like when you're new to someone then you're not really sure sometimes how the nonverbal communication can yeah. be construed or misconstrued right sure. yeah and that's when you actually really have to be more sure by asking more times that's true because right? People I go on dates with will know my background and mm -hmm. know that I'm into certain things and think that is an invitation. Mm -hmm. I knew this one person into certain scenes that I was also into. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we got back to his apartment, hit me across the face. And I was so livid. Oh my God. And I told him, that is not okay. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you liked this kind of thing. And I told him, that's beside the point. A conversation needs to be had yeah. before anything. Yeah. And then maybe that could have been enjoyable. However, yeah. because you didn't think about what actually I wanted, yeah. you just saw it as an opening a door. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you saw that as consent. Yeah. Weirdly. I feel like people kind yeah. of look for things. Oh, yeah. And people see. make assumptions. So yeah. like, oh, you're kinky into BDSM, you're whatever, right. you know, you go to swingers parties. So therefore, she must be down <laughs> for anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. That is ridiculous. Okay. Give us another exercise. That was fun. All right. Well, here's one that's not so much an exercise as <laughs> yeah. it is nerdy numbers. Okay. And this is something that does not really come out of applied improvisation. It just comes out of a discussion mm-hmm. that my partner and I had when mm-hmm. we were first dating. So this mm-hmm. was many, many years ago. And what we learned was the yes, it doesn't have enough information in it. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. want to go to the movies? Yes can mean so many things. Mm-hmm. So we learned several times that we were both kind of irritated with each other because maybe we had both gone to a thing that the other person didn't, that both people didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And oh, so we... Being accommodating. Yeah, well, we, maybe we were both being accommodating. <laughs> right. But also the definition of the word want is weird and the definition of the word yes, I want is also mm. a little strange. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a very nerdy solution to this, okay. which is we started answering each other with a number. Okay. Um, and so you think about it in that... So I, I teach all of my consent and boundaries people this thing, and this is what I get the most positive feedback on is this silly mm-hmm. nerdy numbers thing yeah. okay. that we came up with so if i say do you want to go to the movie do you want to go see what's out now do you want to go see the spider-man movie let's okay say. yes might mean no but i know you want to so i'm going to go with you and be happy about it or yes might mean yeah i really was just waiting for you to ask me yeah yes oh yeah so it could mean so many things so our answer now is between negative 10 and 10 You can make your own numbers if you don't like the negatives or however you want to make your numbers or if if that's too many options to make between one and five or whatever you want to do. Zero might be neutral. Okay. All right. And 10 might be, oh my God, that's all I've wanted my whole life is to go see (laughs) Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, And negative 10 is, I will hate every second of going to watch Spider-Man. Okay. But here's the thing. When we started to do that, it seems very simple, but it becomes a little bit complicated and wonderful. Because uh, if I say, do you want to go see the Spider-Man movie? You mm-hmm. might say negative two. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, I'm an eight. I'm going to see Spider-Man. We might go anyway. But now I know you're doing me a favor and you're there. And you'll probably be right. more happy knowing that it's making me that happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you might do it anyway. If I'm a one and you're a negative two, there's no reason to go see that movie. Right, right, Even yeah. if I sort of want to a little yeah. bit, I would never want to put you, you're more negative than I'm positive. Uh-huh. And it's not a math problem. You don't yeah. need to average it out. It's just a decision-making tool. Okay. Yeah. So it is just yes and no become different. It is like, ugh, I'm this on it. Yeah. But now you know how the other people f- person feels better. Yeah. And you can make informed decisions about what you're doing or not. And you're both happier with the other person's decision. Are you sure this didn't come from improv? Like, yes, and I'll go to that movie with you, but you have to know I'm doing you a favor (laughs) kind of thing. It is like that. Mm. And as long as everybody understands that, it became this wonderful decision-making tool where everybody's happy with each other. Right. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's a great exercise. And Mm -hmm. I think that's giving me an idea for our speed round later. Oh, cool. We can do that. Yeah. Like, we might might totally use this now. Yeah, no, because it takes away this aspect of a rejection of you and what you want to do. Yeah. And it makes it down to, okay, if you're an eight, I can make that concession because I see how much it means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you also know how I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But it's also like codifying nuance. In some way, it it's is. quantifying that's the nerdy, that's okay. nudist. That's yeah. the nerdy oh, yeah, that's part. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I could be a negative eight on something. Like, I really hate doing something. Yeah. But if we're together and you say, I'm a 10 on this, I might be thrilled to do that. 
Right. Right. It no, depends. Yeah. It depends uh-huh, on what uh-huh, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, you know, so it might, okay. th- it's just now we both know. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Ooh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And people, you've got really good feedback on that. Yeah. The most on that silly little thing. Wow. I get it. I mean, yeah. people sometimes need an external, like non-emotional something, mm-hmm. non-personal mm-hmm. way to communicate wants and needs. Yeah. 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 And you don't have to use it all the time. Just sometimes mm-hmm. it's extremely useful. Like, what's your number on this? It's great. No, it's yeah. better than compromise. Honestly, I usually say compromise is when everyone loses. Yeah. Just kind of pick one thing and mm-hmm. you're going to be a good partner in support or not. And that's mm-hmm. also okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. I'll use it. All right. I'll, cool. c- I'll come back and get back to you. And yeah. Well, now I'm going to understand all of your text messages. I'm a seven on the finger in the ear. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your third sexy exercise? So the sexy one, we actually did. I learned at least the basics of this from uh, Linda Kirkman, who was on that panel with us. Yes, she She's was. wonderful. And so this is... This does two things. This exercise, number one, fights against the myth that a consent talk breaks the mood. Yes. And it also is a way to start a good co-creation of an event. And that particular response, I find, mostly comes from like university age, mostly men. Not exclusively, Mm -hmm. but like that is like there's a young man things like, oh, God, if I start talking, you know, I would love to do this talking about consent. But if I do, I feel like she won't want to do it anymore. And like there's this. Because it's addressing it so directly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just think it's a mood killer. And it's it's mechanical. Like bring out the contract. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the the Antioch College, if you remember the old Mm -hmm. uh, sketches and stuff. So this is just an exercise that we do to kind of work on those type of things. Okay. So, So it goes like this. And you can do it with anything and I usually start with a handhold and then we can do other things but we'll play it this way so right so this is called how do you like to be kissed okay and it really isn't any more than that so we can just uh, who wants to play me oh you you both can play okay Uh, you both can just do it so here's here's what I do actually you ask me first that way I can role model I can explain first so you're just going to ask me okay so so Prescott how do you like to be kissed so you're just going to say that Prescott how do you like to be kissed I'm glad you asked thank you I like it in a number of ways. When I first meet somebody, depending on the energy, I like a kind of very soft approach, a very slow approach. And I like a lot of touching with hands, like through the hair and back of the neck and stuff. And then sometimes I like like really tight, squashy rolling around on the couch and the floor, like kind of passionate. So I kind of Mm. like both of those, Mm -hmm. but I like to feel it out. Okay. I definitely like a lot of skin, like a, you know, touching around the shoulders and arms and stuff. Like I like a lot of movement. Hot. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So how about both of you? How do you like to be kissed? How I like to be kissed? With less tongue, honestly. Ah, mm. good to know. You know, I think people have this misconception mm. that sticking your tongue into my mouth is, mm. is the pleasure of kissing when really it's more about the lips. Uh, the lips yeah. on lips? How about tongue on lips? depends yeah and okay. a little bit of biting on uh, my end i like to bite you a like little to bit. bite a little oh, bit very yeah. nice mm-hmm. okay okay i like long kisses so kisses that last long time oh very cool that are a bit like a dance so oh. that sort of they last a long time but maybe the tongue darts in a little bit comes out the lips 
you know, go in and it's hard and then, but then it's light and there's like lots of different variations. Yeah. So it's kind of like a constantly evolving kiss. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. That is beautiful. That is nice. <laughs> so hot all around, first yeah. of all, but that's kind of the point, <laughs> right? Right. So we now have a whole lot of information about what the other people like. Yeah. yeah. And let's say you didn't want to be kissed. Let's say you don't want to kiss me and we happen to be in a situation. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, how do you like to be kissed? Mm. What a wonderful opening of like, I like to be kissed by my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. I'm at home alone with only her. Mm-hmm. So there's information in there. There's a lot of inf- information. But also, I am unlikely to bite either of you. Right? You might be bitten. I might be bitten, but then I can respond to that. Now I have True. that information yeah. that she right. likes to do that. Okay. So now I have that information. I can say, like, I've never been bitten. Uh, I'm willing to try, but, but know that, softly uh, first. Softly, yeah. And then we can go about it from there. Uh-huh. That's a whole bunch of very complicated, nuanced discussion that we could have figured out in, like, 25 seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's the purpose of that exercise as we try right. that a bit. And then the first thing that people realize, of course, is, well, that is not a mood killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's quite that. sexy. I mean, I know I joked about a contract before, yeah. but in the King community, there are sites you can go on where it pretty much there are contracts. You, well, there's <laughs> a whole list yeah. of yeah. everything that you're into. Yeah, yeah, and you can put a number on mm-hmm. it as well, mm-hmm. like how much you like something, and then you send it to someone that you're interested in who's also into all these other things, yeah. and you only get information on the things that you match on exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going through it, it's kind of hot, yeah, you know? Hot. Yeah, so. it is hot, yeah. There are apps that do that as well. What? Oh, yeah? What yeah. apps? I just know a website. Oh, okay. I know that there's a Spicer app, I think. Spicer? Okay. I wasn't oh. sure, but there are definitely apps where you can match and they will only show you the things that you match on. What's the right. website? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. It's very similar to a coaching exercise where you go through with a couple and they do like the yes, no, maybe list. Yeah, yeah. Have you done oh. those? That's I like a list of things. Yes, right, no, maybe. Right. I'll tell you a story though. So, oh wait, finish your thing Oh, first. no, no. And then, then a yes, couple no, does maybe. it separately yeah. and then they compare notes. It's kind of the same concept, right? right? Yeah, and, yeah. But then you might learn as well what's yeah. a no, what's a maybe, what's a yes. Yeah. Mm. I like to take maybe out of all of that. Okay. Because it's, to me, there's no information in the maybe. Okay. I think there is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to hear of it. And I've heard people disagree on that. Uh And I I get a bunch of it and I would love to hear more. Okay. But the maybe, the time when I realized, when I realized that in my humble opinion, I wanted most of it removed from some of these things was I had just finished a consent workshop and this guy who gave massages said, take a look at this for me. And he had a yes, no, maybe form from Uh his clients. Uh And I realized it's a very different field than for intimate partners. But he was like, so I want to set up boundaries, this, and it was all pretty good. And then I realized when I read some of them, Mm. maybe was only a minefield. So for example, do you want to have sex? Mm. Yes, no, maybe. I look at it and I said, what is the maybe telling you? And that was stark to me. I was like, oh, interesting. So that one was very clear. I was like, take Uh, the maybe off that. Say uh, yes or no. And if it changes in the future, fine. Yeah. But that's what that says. Yeah. Uh And I was like, well, let me apply that to other things. Like maybe... Was, mm. had a little bit of information. And I yeah. will say, yeah. at the beginning of my workshop, I do a little bit of stuff that's not exercises. I teach the Planned Parenthood Fry's definition of consent, which we can do in a minute mm. if you feel like it. And then I say, all right, so you know, what does yes mean 
What does no mean? The very basic stuff. What does maybe mean? And my definition of maybe is maybe means no until there's a yes. Well, okay. Then say no. Yeah. So then there, exactly. Is there information there? Yeah. Yeah. Is that different than no? Maybe Mm. no right now, but I might be interested. Mm-hmm. Or also, Later. I think if you're unsure of how you feel about something, yeah. don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not 100% sure if mm-hmm. that's something you want to do or try, just how about not? Yeah. Yeah. So always err on the no, I guess, in that. Yeah. So, okay. I understand so that context. My, I get yeah. the whole. I understand. On the yeah. maybe being no. I do. But I think with intimate couples might be yeah, slightly. For things you want to try. Yeah. you Things yeah. you want to try. Yeah. Sure. And maybe you just don't want to rule it out, right? Because you might like it. Or something sure. you're totally into. Yeah, yeah maybe. But like, I'd not be more all the time. In, yeah, yeah. yeah, yes. But maybe when I'm in the right mood for it, not in the right yeah. mood for, you know, necessarily right. whatever. No slapping when I walk in the door. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> right? A, Only yeah, when really I am crazy. excited. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, he's yeah. not and a asking bad you for human it. being. Yeah. He's yeah. just a st- Stupid human being. Sorry, uneducated. <laughs> He's a non-consensual Un- human being. Yeah. At least in that moment, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've been dancing around this since the start of the podcast, but let's talk about the Me Too movement. Oh God, oh. yes. <laughs> and okay. the, the yeah, let's shift do that. that is brought into our sexual attitudes and how we view the world. I feel like it's being cathartic for many people, and I would say that's my experience, but it's also been very confusing for other people. So I'm curious what impact it had on you personally. Has it really been confusing? I think, yes, for a lot of people who don't really understand what the movement probably should have been, because I struggle with it simply because I feel like it ended up being a lot of victimization and demonization, Mm -hmm. which I think the whole point about bringing it up in that everyone experiences something like this should just go to show that, no, there's not clear lines. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. This is not just evil rapists running around and women being victims to these evil rapists. These are people that just maybe didn't know better and thought you would have said no and didn't realize that was difficult kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But sadly, I feel like if anyone were to bring up... So I knew someone who, within the Me Too movement, admitted that he was kind of a douchebag, Mm -hmm. kind of a dick Mm -hmm. about how he dated women. And he knew probably he was pushing them into something that they were not 100% comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was great because he's a normal human being, Mm -hmm. less douchey, less of a dick, and Mm -hmm. he wanted to put it out there saying that was me instead you know he's not on facebook anymore because he got uh, crucified let me guess yeah i guess that's a little bit like the aziz and zari thing yeah right because he got kind of (laughs) crucified on the internet as well and that was a flashpoint for a lot of people he got half crucified i think which is so which is what was so interesting and weird yeah about that right yeah. It's like I read one article which called the Aziz Ansari part of the Me Too thing the Rorschach test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of the Me yeah. Too movement. Yeah. If you just read that article and that you can read into several sides of it, and we didn't like that other people could read another side of it. Yeah. I mean, but Aziz Ansari comes off as very not a douchebag. 
though. Opinion. So I feel so like I a don't knee jerk your, reaction. Your friend or you, the guy was more like he was like, oh, I accept and I see the error of my ways now. And that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. And right? I feel like at least a lot of people who kind of are in this middle gray area. Yeah. The new jerk reaction to anyone attacking Aziz is to be like, no, he's not a bad person. He's a good person. He couldn't possibly have been complicit in this assault kind of thing. Mm. And that's why I struggle with the movement in general because I feel like then people yeah came a little polarized yeah and, um, and it is confusing i think for a lot of men who look at their own actions right and they are i would say probably not setting out intentionally to <laughs> sexually assault anybody <laughs> right. but may have unintentionally done so or found themselves in situations which might have been misconstrued yeah Sure. Do you think so? I think that's what Aziz, I felt like. He definitely, I don't think, had an intention of sexually assaulting this girl. But he just found a situation where he just didn't have the skills to deal with. Sure. And to clarify. Yeah, these things I definitely see in that way. In okay, that kind yeah. of confusing way. Most of the confusion I see that, mm. that I, is there's this demonization, right? Mm -hmm. So once you have the yeah. demonization, there's people who need to be demonized. There's the, uh, mm -hmm. there's the Weinsteins of the world, yes. right? Yes, yes. The, and so this is a predator who mm. did grooming techniques and who had used power. And like, there's just obvious, yeah, like yeah, these totally. people need to be yeah. in jail. These, yeah. And we need to keep them away from the rest of society. Mm -hmm. So there's that and feels like it feels... You know, there's no there's no benefit to people writing in comments. Oh, guy, this this is a jerk and an asshole, and we need to like mm -hmm. put him in jail for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. That comment doesn't help anything, but it's understandable that we all feel that way mm -hmm. about that. Then there is the other population that you kind of describe of just like, huh, we don't really have, not everyone has been to our the consent tools. and boundaries yeah, workshops. Yeah. We don't have the tools to do it. and Didn't know and this we, was a possibility. Yeah, yeah we didn't feel like someone could feel this way about this. And, mm -hmm. and maybe... Maybe they didn't feel like they were in a position to say no, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that. And then, so is there a way for them to re-enter communities and mm. to have an understanding, the kind of restorative justice theory of people re-entering communities and doing more things? So fine. So the confusion to me is we hear about an incident. We're confused about whether we're allowed to demonize the person or not. That's something I can point to and say, like, yeah, there's confusion about that. It's like, oh, this person is terrible. Oh, yeah. They? But also because it also implies, again, this passive victimization hmm. that somewhat that this happened to you as opposed to sometimes I make bad mistakes mm -hmm. and that's on me. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. But that's different you know, for men and women because I think in general, Me Too movement victimized a lot of women came out to say that, you know, I've been a victim of sexual mm -hmm. assault. That was the yeah. whole movement, right? And I think that for me, I was actually, it was very cathartic for me mm. because I have also had incidents, nothing as bad as some of the things that were oh, described. So funny, I thought nothing or, from the Me Too movement was that bad. No, no, nothing. <laughs> but I have been in situations where which have been extremely sexually compromising, where it definitely gone past the point of consensual. And nothing as bad as like being raped or, or anything like that. But I would say like maybe assaulted. And I feel like it happened a long time ago and I'm fine now about it. But it made me look back on myself and think about how I contributed to right. the situation. Yeah. 
as well because remember how I told you about my problem with like saying no mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of look back on my younger self and I kind of realize as well that I take responsibility for myself not being very clear with my signals in that situation which then ended up me being in a compromising situation and then sort of feeling so shitty about it later on. But that's good for you for putting that work in. I feel Mm. like so many people, it's so much easier to just think that this happened to them Mm -hmm. and that they are totally faultless because no one wants to blame the victim. Mm -hmm. However, this just has to be a bigger conversation. Mm -hmm. And not blaming the victim, but certainly... There are things that you can be more confident about in what you want. Yeah. And also, sometimes neither person is, like when two people are drunk or on drugs, somehow it always falls to often the men as being the perpetrator, mm-hmm. whereas they were drunk too. Maybe, who's to say he's both, to blame? Both people's senses were right. impaired. Right. Not that and it makes so, it right. It, not that it makes it right, yeah. but there is this whole idea mm-hmm. that if a woman is drunk, she could not possibly give consent. I hated that because I said, what about men? Why is this always the Mm -hmm. fact that women have to be content and have to give it and men have to ask for it? Let me respond at least this way first. Yeah. Yeah. And say, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. yeah. One way or another, it shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. Even if you were not clear, obviously I don't know the specifics of of Mm -hmm. the incident. Even if you were not clear, even if you were in a compromised position, mm-hmm. the assault should not have happened. Absolutely not. All right? Yeah. And what you did was not a contributing factor yeah. if there was an assault to the assault. Yeah. So I feel like I need to say that because, yeah, I agree that mm-hmm. there's yeah. are, there are things you can learn for not putting yourself in a position. There mm-hmm. are things you can learn about not being clear in sexual communication. And that is great that that work is in. Mm-hmm. At the point when there's an assault, to me, in my brain, it's a little different. I mean, not different. It's a separate thing. So last question is, what's one practical thing people can do after listening to this podcast today to practice consent and better communication in their everyday life? I don't have one. Okay, what's what's three things? I do, I do. What's three things? (laughs) Communicate better. Okay. Communicate better around consent and all of the things we discussed like desires and other people's desires mm-hmm. and be there for each other absolutely i would say take it a step back and even know that about yourself mm-hmm. to begin with in order to be able to communicate effectively yeah yeah to actually look into what you actually want and desire and own that yes and be empowered enough to say yes and mean yes and say no and mean no so I think one practical thing as well is this idea of being able to accept a rejection and a no gracefully and celebrate it. Yes. And not take it personally. Yeah, right. for sure. That's what I've learned (laughs) today. Awesome. Yeah. Err on the side of caution. Okay, so (laughs) final section. This is our little speed round, which is actually a super fun round. It's me throwing out stimulating thoughts, prompts, and you just having two seconds to respond to it. So I think we could do this. With nerdy, with <laughs> nerdy, nerdy numbers. numbers. All right. Okay, so essentially, I'm going to just describe a situation. You tell me if you are on a scale of plus 10 to minus 10. Okay? Okay. All right. Sex intercourse, sex with a sex doll. Zero. Wait, what's the question? I'm just describing a situation. Oh, okay. Would you be uh, a zero? 
zero. Zero? No, no. Zero is a I'm neutral. A four. I'm a four. You're a four? Yeah, it depends. Okay. Well, from what I've seen of what sex dolls are, really no, but, but then if I could create something, yeah, total four or five. Okay. I think that's yeah. why I'm a zero. It depends too much on the doll. Yeah. Okay, it was a robot from Westworld. If you watch that. Ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, ten. 100%. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that changed radically. <laughs> yeah, because the current sex dolls are—they're still kind of rudimentary. Negative nine. Okay. I mean, even that, I'd be like a three. Two. Yeah, I, I, try oh, you three I might two? try it once. Yeah. Okay. Fine. What about oral sex with Sasha Gray? <laughs> Five. The likely one a barrier. <laughs> I'm I a minus know. two. I will not even answer this question. Really? Because I hate anything from... Wait, that's from porn? 50 Shades? No, no, no. no. She's Sasha oh. Gray, she's a super famous porn star. Oh, sorry. I don't watch porn. Mm. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Or sex with a video. porn star. <laughs> oh. Well, in general, not knowing who the porn star mm-hmm. is, like, yeah, eight. Eight? In, okay. Eight. In, minus two for me. No oh. interest. I think no. in general, it's minus two for me, too. Really? I don't know why Sasha Gray made it higher. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm just imagining literally someone who just <laughs> has a lot of sex. Okay. That's, you know, nice. that's about okay. it. So. Next one. Pegging Boris Johnson. Oh, hun- ten. Ten. <laughs> ten. Oh, you don't even know my pegging background. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like ten per... hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Ten times ten. Yes. Negative ten. <laughs> A negative 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm more positive. I'd say I wouldn't be a 10. I'd be like maybe plus five. Okay. okay. Who's Boris Johnson? It uh, doesn't matter. The UK. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it is who I thought it was. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. But you could have said anyone else. Oh, detestable. pegging anyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> pegging anyone. Oh, right. Well, pegging a sex doll. Someone in general. Oh, someone Yeah. Dis- yeah. See, pegging, pegging Donald Trump. is a beautiful thing, not, yeah. a, not a negative thing. This is why I stopped because it was a little yeah. too mean and real. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah masturbating to tentacle porn mm. <laughs> um i'd have to see it but yeah like three zero point five <laughs> zero. <laughs> i'm feeling a little shamed here no, there's no there's no, no shame in the numbers there's no shame i <laughs> love no it shame in the okay um i think i might i know what this one might you might answer jessica being in a gangbang with a bunch of randoms oh tanya oh randoms randoms Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if I'm picking these randos, <laughs> those are not. Th- randos. They're not randoms, then. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess when you say randos, just people I don't know. But what I mean is, like, mm-hmm. if, I don't know, there's I- a I'm room of yeah. okay twenty people, and I'm like, <laughs> randos oh, that, one, that one, that one, that yeah. one. Yeah. Oh uh, like, right. Okay. Uh, three. But you should talk to Doctor Jana about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I am a five. What part am I playing in this gangbang? I don't know, like ganging or banging. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Negative seven, kind of either way. Okay. Oh, you would want to participate? (laughs) Maybe. Too much discussion involved. Uh, I like connections with people first. Mm, Okay, yeah. So the randoms would probably throw you off. Well, thanks so much, Prescott and Jessica. (laughs) Thanks for having me. For joining me today. What a great discussion. So before I wrap up the episode, just in case people want to know how to attend a consent workshop, where do people find you? Oh, that's rough. If you go to prescottgaylord.com, 
Uh-huh. There's a button there. It's for a request a workshop. Mm. Okay, cool. So listeners, I now love to hear from you. Did the podcast today shift your understanding of consent? Why and how so? Find me at Hello Sarah Sands on Instagram or drop me a line at sarahsands.com. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on my website, don't forget to sign up for email updates so you can access all the juicy sex positive resources I've created for you. I'd really love for us all to create a post-MeToo world where we can share our intentions and desires clearly with each other take the time to check in and maintain healthy boundaries. This way we can all consensually get better in bed. Thanks everyone. She also likes tentacle porn. So send <laughs> links if possible. Mm-hmm.